the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. It is brought to you by... By what? <laughs> we don't, we didn't River sponsor. City Community Church. There it is. Real life. Di- what are you drinking over there, Pastor Sean? Uh, it is a Diet Dr. Pepper. Is it empty? You got a little something oh, there? Oh, no. I have some. All right. Keep your eyes. Keep, you worry about what you got over there. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're hydrated. That's one of the priorities of this uh, program, right? Of course. I got to be it. hydrated. <laughs> Hey, again, welcome to the program here, Pastor Sean. Uh, you doing okay, my friend? Yes, I'm doing great, actually. Very well. St- staying healthy? Yes, yes. Oh, man, strong like bull. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is like the unhealthy thing I've done today is have a diet Dr. Pepper because, well, you have that. And so, you know. Well, that's, you, know, you know. You don't like to drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. No, doing well. How about you? I am doing fantastic. Are you? Uh, yeah, my wife's out of town. She's in okay. uh, San Diego with okay. some girlfriends there, uh, but she calls me. Uh, I was supposed to pick her up at the airport today, and she calls me, and she goes, uh, I moved our flights to uh, Thursday. Uh, we're going to Universal today, and we're going to Disney tomorrow. Okay, dear. Well, uh, well have a nice time. Some more lucky charms for dinner for me. <laughs> you know, I'll stay here and work. <laughs> exactly. You get caught up, dear. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's how that goes. I'm fine. Thank you for good, asking. Good. Hey, today is election day, Pastor John, officially. Uh, yes, it I'm is. I'm an early voter. I, I was too. I uh, voted early. Very smart. Yes. Very smart. What was yes. your experience like? I live up in Colmel County. It was pretty easy. Pretty okay. easy. Went to the library. There. In fact, I was on the day that the workers there said it was the heaviest they'd been, and I was in and out probably about 15 minutes. Oh, good. So it was great. Big question. Did they check your ID? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course they did. Well, they're not doing it in other states. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I love. I love the and the reasoning is because well that's racist to minorities is one of the things they give us. It's like <laughs> the Babylon Bee did a funny thing they where they show you know white liberal marvels at the fact that a black person got an ID. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's I mean, so it, good. how do they do it? it I, they're just they're funny. Uh, yeah, no that that whole thing. The election, so many things to laugh at, so many things to get angry over. I saw a tweet today that said, regarding the election, just once, it'd be nice to hear this is the least consequential election of our lifetime. Right? Every <laughs> no, time. No, no, this is the most, this is it. I know. Golly, it's so crazy. And well, actually, in, in Texas, it's a lot closer than I'd like for yeah. the governor's race. Yeah, I can't, I can't understand that. I, I don't, I can't think of anything that, uh, that Beto O'Rourke has ever really done. Yeah. And Texas fared so well through the pandemic and we our businesses have done well our economy has been done well relative to other places and it's just like okay what are you really doing but we're a divided nation and that's what you get did you see that uh, uh beto had uh, will ferrell street walking with him <laughs> 
It was a nice surprise, but where in Austin, I believe, right? In Austin to kind of drum up the he boat. Needs, he needs help in Austin. He needs help in Austin. <laughs> so you get Will Ferrell there. Okay, yeah. that's a waste of time. Bring Will Ferrell down to Selma. Okay. <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, boy. I hope you're here to do some bits from Elf. <laughs> do the funny bit about Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, well, yeah. And speaking of, speaking of Saturday Night Live guys there, too, um, Rob Schneider. Yes. I follow him on – well, I don't follow him. I just got to – getting my feed now that right. uh, on Twitter that he's left California and he's kind of gone conservative. He thought the liberals uh, have just destroyed. I mean, everything really, yeah, everything in California. So anyway, well, that's real that, I mean, when, when you've been locked up, maybe you've had your business lost you, you, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, you're locked out, but you see the governor eating out, you see people, you know, and it, it's kind of, it's a wake up call. And a whole lot of people sh- have shifted and switched and moved because yeah. of that. I get it. All right. I get it. Well, Pastor Sean, based on all this, we're, again, Election Day is all about putting the right person in the right seat on the bus. Oh, yeah. Electing good leaders. Yep. And you've been on this leadership series here at the church. Yeah, it's been great. It's been really good. We've gotten great feedback on that because the the whole premise of the comp series of conversations is that, okay, this isn't just for people with an official title. Uh, we began with the idea that uh, leadership isn't about a position. It's about being a person who leads. You know, And that's so important just to say, wait a minute, we all have influence. And that means wherever we have influence, we're exerting some leadership and we need to do it well. We need to use it well. And so we've been talking from that perspective. And if you're a mom raising kids, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how you do it is going to make a difference in the outcome you get with your kids. If you lead a small team at work, you know, whatever it is, you don't have to be the CEO to kind of have conversations about leadership. Everybody has influence. And I think it's something that we should steward. And so, yeah, you think a lot about it at times like an election, because that's what we're really doing. We're electing leaders. Um, one of the problems we have with elections, and this, is, this of course, is a challenge anywhere. We don't, we don't know them. That's why we vote parties. Honestly, which party platform do you prefer? Which party do you think has performed better? Sometimes you get the, the rare privilege of you really know someone. You know their character. You know their family. You know how they have performed over time. Not, not when the cameras are on, mm-hmm. but when nobody can see. That's a rare thing. And elections don't usually give us that. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's what it really takes to understand what's going on with a leader. Uh, you, know, you can watch a leader's track record. You can listen to their speeches. You can see what party they're a part of, what that party platform is. And those are all, I think, important things. But you know, we'd love to know more, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as a pastor, Pastor Tom, I remember one time, uh, one of the leaders, was it the governor? Didn't they reach out to, to all the pastors? and and? Yeah, no, in, in the pandemic. That was one of the things that made me a Greg Abbott fan uh-huh. um, because I thought Texas was doing well and I thought he was a good leader. Not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I thought he was doing good. But he took the time to speak with a large group of pastors on a Zoom call, right, right during mm-hmm. the pandemic, and just talk about why he considered churches as essential services and he did not order the closure of churches, whereas some other states did. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Texas, we didn't have that. You know, obviously everybody was, in the, especially early when we didn't know and, you know, there's all kinds of very dire predictions of what's going to happen if you meet. Caution was advised and we all took that. You know, we actually, you remember, shut down for six weeks, right. which everyone was doing. And we did it mostly because by that time we were just like, I feel like the church doesn't, typically throughout history, run from crisis. You know, it runs to mm, crisis. Right. And so we met 
virtually for six weeks, kind of to be supportive of the community and to just join in with where everybody was. But that entire time, our feeding ministry went through the roof because people couldn't get food at the same rate and grocery stores were limited. And so we had our real life Christian assistance. Well, it multiplied, you know, times 10 Mm. through the pandemic. And so we, we continued that. We never stopped, you know? So yeah, for the, a few weeks there, we weren't meeting on Sundays. We were doing video, you know, we were doing live streaming, uh, but we were doing our feeding ministry. And so that was, you know, that was huge. And Governor Abbott said, churches are essential services. And that for me said, okay, here's someone who gets it. Yeah. Here's someone who understands what the church does. And I've told our congregation, you know, bottom line, if it all comes down to, I'm going to be a one issue voter. Mm-hmm. And some people go, oh, abortion. No, yeah. that's not, that's not it. It's, it's religious freedom mm. because I don't think Government is the answer. I don't think economics is the answer. I don't think any politician is the answer. I think the gospel's the answer. Yeah. And so when it comes to religious freedom, that's a big deal for me. Well, Pastor Sean, in your role of leadership here at the church, you kind of have the authority to maybe groom future leaders here in the church. Oh, yeah. Do you, is there an official interview that you do or is there qualities that you look for? Can you kind of talk about? Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great question. And I think it's appropriate this time, you know, when, when we're during an election, I think it's appropriate that we talk about how do you select a leader? Yeah. You know, obviously in an election, you're limited. You only have some, you know, you've got two choices usually by the time we actually go to vote. But, you know, in job interviews or in selecting people for ministry or even in your homeowners association, right? We're all at different times where we select leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you look for? And I think I've had the chance in the course of my life, I've had leaders who are a real negative example to me, mm-hmm. show me how not to lead. Mm-hmm. And I've had a number of those. Um, I've also had some who are really positive examples mm-hmm. who showed me, it's like, oh, okay, I, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of a man, pastor, he's passed now, uh, named John Moran. He was the president of a fellowship of churches that we're connected with called the Missionary Church. And he was this old time, kind of stern in some ways. Uh, stern's maybe not the right word, but he was very, always had his tie on. Very, mm. you know, very stately, mm-hmm. you know, churchman, John Moran was. Uh, but he had such a sweet spirit. And he was a humble man. And I watched him work with other leaders. And I watched how he didn't push, but yet he would lead. But he'd always bring people along. He'd listen. He was just, for, for such a strong leader, he was a humble man. Mm. And I was very moved by that. My own father-in-law, Butch Newman, longtime tennis pro, longtime tennis coach at Trinity University. The one of the stadiums is named after him. Yeah, the legendary. Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's such a humble man. Yeah. Very unique, humble leader. Very much was an example to me. A good friend of his who was a pastor, uh, Russ Fraze, actually did Lori and Mai's wedding really? ceremony. Yeah, uh, um, mutual friend of ours that we know, Alan Randolph, also uh-huh. participated in that. But the primary pastor was a longtime friend of Lori's family, Russ Fraze, mm. and he was such a neat example uh, of a humble man of God. Yeah, you know. And, you know, there's so many examples of men of God who take advantage of their position and the media blows it up and they're the power hungry. And that's, those are the ones you see. Well, you got to remember for every one of those, there's a hundred who are just mm-hmm. living the gospel, serving their people. And Russ was one of those type of guys. And I just really was always encouraged by that. Did you watch him from afar or did you have a... Oh, no, no. I, the, obviously, I'm naming people that I got to spend t- lots of time with and that I right. knew, which is which makes all the difference in the world, right? Right, you of know, Because anybody can give a good talk. Mm-hmm. Anybody can give a good speech. But, but when you get to know people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a key thing when we think about leadership. One of the scriptures I quoted this last week, Paul's talking to Timothy, a young pastor 
that he's trying to instruct on how to lead. And he talks about disciplines and he talks about some things he needs to have in his life. But then a very familiar passage, 1 Timothy 4, 12, he says, let no one despise you for your youth. Timothy was a young leader. Mm-hmm. He says, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's a powerful example to set. And I think it's a neat list when you stop and think about it. It's a pretty cool list to say, okay, what if I looked at these? When I'm looking for leaders, I'm looking for someone who's an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Mm. That's a great place to start, especially if you have some exposure. You know, if you're doing job interviews, right? Mm -hmm. If you're hiring from within, you've had a chance to look at the person. That's why we love to hire from within when we can't. But even when you're, when you're hiring someone outside, that's why we do so many multiple interviews and we check all references and mm-hmm. we try to get them here for a weekend to spend time with them. You know, it, it's not perfect, but it's in an interview process. We want to be thorough because what we're looking for is some of these qualities. Mm-hmm. And I just think that First Timothy 4.12, when you're thinking about selecting a leader, think of someone you go, wait, are they an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity? Yeah. You know, that you're really talking about who they are. You know, we talk about the various C's, you know, the alliteration. We pastors love our alliteration. You know, how's a person's how's a person's character? And that's what we're talking about here, their mm-hmm. character. But what about their competency? You know, when you're talking about leaders, can they do the job? How about chemistry? Do they fit with the team? All those things are things we look at. But this little outline here in First Timothy four twelve, I think is a great place for us to start to say, what kind of person do I want to follow? Pastor John, you just read a verse there that, that kind of gave us a, a clue into to some good leadership and some some good examples that you, you gave us there. Can we learn? Well, I, I learned from bad examples. Oh, w- without a doubt, without a doubt. In fact, I, I shared with our congregation some of my leadership journey was not only learning from good leaders, but mm-hmm. from learning from bad leaders. Right? Yeah. I listed some folks who who I just felt were really good leaders. But here's the thing: it's you know, you sometimes have to look and see when you see something in someone's leadership that affects you badly or affects other people badly, you literally need to make note and go, okay, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go look for role models. I, I, I encourage you, look for role models who exhibit what you think is godly character, what you, what like the fruit in their life is something you go, I want that. Mm-hmm. A, the fruit is always the indicator, right. right? So if the fruit of someone's leadership and life is good, Hey, pay attention. Okay. In fact, go formally ask them, hey, can I interview you? Can we talk? Can I take you to lunch so that we can just have a conversation about leadership? If you're a parent, a young parent particularly, I encourage you, go find some parents who whose kids have grown up and they live to tell about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and their kids are you know, loving, responsible citizens who are good you know, followers of Jesus and love the church, love their family. Go ask them, okay, what'd you do? Mm-hmm. What things were important? How'd your family spend time? What did you value? What was discipline like? Do that. I encourage you. You can learn from negative examples. Okay, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. But then go find some good examples and say, okay, I do want to incorporate that into my leadership. That is a great idea. Now, did you do that? Who was that person that you sat down with who gave you that time? Oh, we multiple. We we, would do it with multiple leaders. Uh With parenting was a big one for Lori and I. Gotcha. And uh, there are multiple people that we said, wow, we like what we see in their family. And they have adult children now. Mm -hmm. And our kids were little. So we just, sometimes formally, can we sit and pepper you with some questions? Other times we just do it and we're sitting there at a restaurant or we're just talking and we just ask. And, you know, people like that love to share because they want to see other people be successful and fruitful. It can be parenting. It can be in Mm -hmm. business. It can be any area. If If you're a young leader, find an older leader and ask them. 
you know. And if if you go, well, I don't know that I want to do that. Well, that's your loss. Huh. That's your loss. You know. Yeah. Great tips, Pastor Sean. Is 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 there a book or a resource that that you also can you recommend? A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> No, every no. time that's the answer for everything every time buy my by book Sean <laughs> oh there's all kinds of great books i mean um you know spiritual leadership by j oswald sanders is a great mm-hmm. it's just a great book uh as far as because it uses biblical character studies it's very biblical yeah. and there, there's other great resources out there you know I, i'm not gonna start going off on all the leadership books i've right. read hundreds and so have you probably right mm-hmm. um but but that's one that is is so good because it actually looks at biblical character studies and, and so it really helps you see a biblical framework. Um, I think about those biblical leaders and like David, the greatest leader of Israel, and hyper flawed. Yeah. You know? Yep. And and I think that's important. You, there are no perfect leaders. Yeah. Right. The, God didn't have any perfect people to choose from when he <laughs> appointed leaders. Right. Okay. And remember that. But I do think Paul's advice to Timothy is important. This First Timothy four twelve passage. You know, and how that works. Well, if I'm a flawed person, and we all are, sometimes that keeps you from stepping into those roles. I don't. I, I shouldn't take this promotion because I'm not the guy. Well, if it's just you know self-image issues, and you just, I, I think that's a problem. Don't uh-huh. let that stop you. Sometimes you just sit and go, "I'm not ready," okay. and that's okay. That's honest. But but again, you know, as a follower of Jesus, I'm wanting to operate in His strength. So if if someone else thinks you're f- up for that, and if you pray about it and you feel that green light, go for it yeah. and trust in the strength of the Lord. It's okay to say, I need to bake some more, huh? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Hey, but before we, because we, we're going to be wrapping up a little bit here, I want to go through these because I think there's some things on this First Timothy 4.12. Remember what it says, be a, but set the believers an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Mm-hmm. Let's look at those as qualities and see, okay, how do those affect? Number one, speech. What do people say? Because, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This was the problem with Donald Trump. And I thought Trump had almost savant-like results in some of his leadership. I really do. I think, I think a number of things did very well under him. You know, and I, I think he was so much better than the alternatives. That's my take, okay? But his speech... It makes it impossible to sit and endorse the things he says, the way he says them. Uh, some of it was just malicious, careless, hurtful right. stuff. Others of it was, yeah, dude, why are, you, why are you trying to be comedian in chief? Okay, mm-hmm. you're commander in chief. Mm. You know, have some dignity in what you say and how you talk about people and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a problem. How do people talk? How do they talk about other people? Mm-hmm. So speech is important. Now remember, right? Sp- you can say anything. Someone can be very well-spoken and be lying through their teeth, okay? But what they say, Paul told Timothy to be an example in speech. So look for people whose speech is uplifting, whose speech is wise, whose speech is proactive and productive. That's a good start. Okay, the second one is conduct, okay? So we, what, we talked about what do they say. Conduct is what do they do? Always look at their actions. Mm. And you know, whether it's a politician, that's why one of the things that we do in interviews for people, we always, we, I want to hear your ideas and about what you think you would do. What have you done? Because mm. we know the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. Yes. Right? So what do people do? How do they act? If someone's talking about how wonderful family is and their family's a train wreck, okay, I'm going to have a question. Mm-hmm. Or if they're talking about be kind, be loving, and then they're cruel and unkind, <laughs> okay, right. I, you just disqualified yourself. 
So he says, be an example in speech and in conduct in what you do. Then he tells Timothy, and be an example in love. And this is so important. And this is bigger. You know, it's like, well, how do I know if someone's loving? Do they care about people? Mm-hmm. Do, do, they, do they invest in people? Do people around them thrive because they do well? Do people want to be around them? Mm-hmm. You know, people want to be around someone who thinks highly of them, who loves them. Mm. Okay? Love is a huge thing. And we understand, you know, we're, talk, we're talking about that. We're, we're talking about just that. How do they treat people? How do they care for people? And do, one of the big things is: do they invest in people, and do the people around them thrive? That's a great sign of a good leader, and yeah. something we should look at. Sean, I know personally, looking at you, that you've invested these things already in your son. Mm. So, congratulations on the future. Well, I appreciate that, Baron. I really do. Um, now, that's something that I always saw. In both my kids, because Laura and Ryan are both leaders, you know, Lori and I, mm-hmm. we, we wanted to see our kids, we, we wanted them to love God passionately, we wanted them to love their family, and to always keep those lines of communication open, and then we wanted them to love the church. Because mm-hmm. if they did, we knew the Spirit and the Word of God will lead them in the right direction. And you're right, you mentioned Ryan, and he, he does, he walks in that kind of love. Amen. Another one. It's faith. He says, be an example in faith. Faith is simply what does someone really believe? Mm -hmm. Not what do they say they believe, what do they really believe? Um, That's huge. Being an example in faith. Do do you believe in something bigger than yourself? Obviously for us, we recognize we have our faith is in God. Mm -hmm. We believe in the unseen eternal reality of our Savior. We believe in the unseen eternal reality of our Creator. We understand that. But even in a work setting or a any other setting where maybe you don't know the faith of the people or maybe it's not a faith-based setting, you know, what do they profess? What do they believe in? Is it just about them? Is it just about the bottom line? Or do they have a higher set of values? Do they have a vision beyond just what I can get for today? You know, that's something you want to know about a leader. I don't want to throw a brick through the window here, Pastor Sean, but I remember Jimmy Carter won his uh, election because he was a, the first born-again Christian mm-hmm. running for office. Mm-hmm. And he kind of goes down as, well, not one of the greatest leaders of the country. Well, I mean, that's an interesting question I, I, because I, it's not the only thing. You know, there are things that Jimmy Carter did that I would disagree with. But I think Jimmy Carter was an honorable man. And boy, if Jimmy Still Carter is. were running today, yeah. you know, and his work with Habitat for Humanity and what, what he did, uh, I would disagree on his solutions to certain problems. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think highly of Jimmy Carter yeah. in that regard. And so, and so I think that's a good point. That's a good point. And then the last one he says is purity. It's purity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about purity, he's talking in the context of the faith. He lives purely. He's devoted to the Lord. He's, he's not indulging his flesh. He's not, you know, living impurely. Um, you know, the big thing for when we're talking about leaders, when you think of purity, do they live what they believe? Mm. Do they live what they believe? Because I don't care if their speech and conduct looks great and everything, but if at, at the end of the day you find out, well, oh, in private, they don't live what they believe, then it undermines everything. You know, these are just, I'm just saying, Paul's telling Timothy, be examples in this. Look for leaders who, who have that kind of character. Because mm. when you do, then the competency, yeah, do they have the skills to do the job? Do they, are they a good fit for the leadership position? Great. Mm. You know, uh, but start with the character. Mm. And... You know, when, when someone, that's why you get, it's frustrating to see that people bring up, oh my gosh, the past and all oh, what they did here and what they did there. Well, I understand that, but it's also can be relevant, mm. you know, because the speeches are great, 
but what have you done? What do you do in the context of your life? And it matters. Well, again, Sean, it's, it's election day here. We don't know. We'll, by the time this airs, uh, we'll, we'll know here. I don't know if you have any predictions or not. But somewhere in the Bible, mostly had to do with the Old Testament there, that God appoints the kings. Yeah. And so, hey, uh, that, that may be true on the, the king level, the presidential level. Yeah. Does God appoint leaders for the homeowners association? <laughs> I, I don't know. No, uh, the devil doesn't. Does that. <laughs> Exactly. That's evil. <laughs> no, I, that's a great question because people think on a national level or a state level, mm-hmm. you know, okay, it's got, if we have a leader, is it because God did it? Did God place that leader? I'll tell you, he allowed it. Mm-hmm. When we lament and complain about elected leaders, I think we have to recognize God allowed that person to be in there. And God sometimes allowed ungodly leaders for the good of his people. So whatever happens on this election day, I just want to encourage you, um, let's live as people who believe in the Lord. Let's live as people who walk in faith, hope, and love, Uh, really, because that says more about who we are and where our confidence lies than our campaigning or anything else. I think it's great that we participate, but don't ever forget our hope is not in this election or these politicians. Our hope is in the Lord. Wow, Sean, that's always the bottom line. Uh, you're, you're Again, you're right in the middle of this leadership uh, series mm. there on the from behind the pulpit. Uh, you're almost done, right? Yeah, we got a couple more weeks. Uh, it's been great. I think people have really applied this to their personal lives. So I want to encourage you to join us. Uh, mm-hmm. You can join us at, at River City, uh, 930, 1130 on Sundays. We'd love to have you. And uh, it's been a great series and we're just going to continue. And I just pray it's a blessing. Well, it's available on demand at reallife.org when you find the sermons right. page. And again, this, this right here, Pastor Sean, you're again, writing another book. Yes. Well, come on, man. praise the Lord. We might do something with this one. This would be a great one to do something with. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, give us a like, follow us and uh, let your friends know. I hope that the reaching for real life podcast and radio program is a blessing. Hope you have a great week and experience the Lord's presence in everything you do. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.